Yeah, first of all, thank you for the invitation uh, to come here to Wuch. I've been here also in 2016 and meanwhile I see that the city already has developed again, so it is very interesting to be in such a vibrant and dynamic city. And yesterday I had uh, from your teachers also a very nice excursion to some places and there I saw a lot of yeah, place-making projects going on and that's the topic about which I want to speak today. It's called the secret of placemaking. making it's always good eh, because people want to know about it. Uh, uh, but uh, I will give you some yeah, ideas, elements, principles of how to make places where people feel at ease. Because that is the most important goal of places. Of course this is a topic which is not new. It is, you could say, as old uh, as uh, cities are. All the times, in all eras, people have uh, planners, geographers, but also city governors have made sure that uh, they make places that are livable, that are nice, but of course that also um, have landmarks. Here we see here some examples of planning, real planning. Um, the Italian city, hey, Siena for example, is a good example of places that people say, oh this is a place that is built on a human measure, it's very nice. You can also see how old places are uh, revitalized, like here in, uh, in Wuch. And what we see in the last 20 years is that um, people uh, say we should have more trees, plants, greenery in the city, uh, because that is also what people like very much. You could say that many innovations in cities today come from the countryside. And we all talk about urbanization, but in the end, many new things in cities, like the uh, trees, cycling, all these other things, are things that we associate normally with the countryside, which is quite interesting, I think. But what is placemaking? Placemaking, um, a famous um, uh, institution on placemaking is the Project for Public Spaces, PPS, in New York. And it says it is about planning design which is rooted in community. So you should involve people that are living in the place uh, to uh, make uh, the place better. And um, a book that I use uh, with my own lectures uh, in Nijmegen and Twente in the Netherlands, the universities, is called Making Places for People, 12 questions every designer should ask. And um, this is a kind of recipe of how to make nice places. Can we, can we be objective about it? It's difficult, eh? but places that people like, there's always an element of subjectivity. Eh? There's always people, some people like green places, other people like more industrial places. But we can say that there are some basic principles that for all places apply. And that is what placemaking is about. It's about public space at all levels, not so much private space like shopping centers and so on, although we can learn a lot from shopping centers as we will see later on. And it is about planning, design and management. The management is very important because often we think, oh, the place is built, everything is okay, but in the end it's also about how you um, manage the place eh? uh, with renovation and all the day-to-day -day use is very important. And what is interesting with placemaking is that you have to look at how people use public space. We can just watch people's behavior, count how they use the place, 
And in this, uh, also very everyday life activities are very important, like taking a bus or sitting on a bench or uh, um, uh, doing shopping. You can learn a lot from that. So it is also a kind of research which is not with models, which is not uh, with case studies, but more on the spot, on the particular area, to look how people behave. And you can do that everywhere, every time, in any place. In streets, stations, at festivals, also very interesting, uh, uh, and so on. But of course, the same place can mean something diff different for uh, different people. A famous example from the Netherlands, where I come from, is that Madonna. Madonna came to, uh, uh, to give a concert in Rotterdam in uh, the 80s. And uh, she came on the stage and said, hello Amsterdam. And as you might know, um, there, are, there's the, there is always competition between the big cities and countries, like you will have also here, I'm sure, in, uh, in Poland. So the people in Rotterdam were not very happy when she said, hello Amsterdam. But you could not really, uh, but, but you could excuse Madonna because she was with a car, taxi, from Amsterdam Amstel Hotel to Rotterdam in three quarters of an hour. She thought, this must be one city, because she had an American idea of cities, which are very spread out, very big. So for an American, the whole of the Netherlands, tiny country, is like a city. So we can excuse Madonna. But the inhabitants in Rotterdam said, oh, we don't want to be compared with people from Amsterdam. So residents look at a different perspective uh, at the same place. You could say that places are part of a Russian Matryoshka doll. In every doll there is another doll, and the resident is looking at the smallest doll, and the outside view from an investor or from a tourist, for example from China, is looking at uh, uh, the largest doll. Think of a Chinese tourist that thinks, oh Copenhagen, oh that, that's a nice country, uh, uh, whereas uh, um, they say the Netherlands, Oh, is that the capital of Germany? Something like that. But what do we know about China ourselves? Not so much also. So, if you're not from the place yourself, you have a very vague image of the same place than if you are living there. So you could say people have nested identities. We feel European in America. Within, uh, within uh, another country, you might feel Polish. Uh, now I feel Dutch, but I don't feel Dutch when I'm in the Netherlands myself. Then I feel part of the countryside where I live. So you see, uh, it always depends on where you are. So there are many different places, place uh, associations for the same people. And you always have to play with skills, you could say. For example, if you want to attract Chinese tourists, then always think, how would people think of the place? An example is this. This is from Cologne. Uh, an advertisement, um, and it says, come to Cologne because it is a very uh, nice old city. We have the big church cathedral. But then a research found out among Chinese uh, tourists a few years ago, they asked them, what do you think is the nicest place in, um, in Europe? What's the nicest city uh, you, you, you have visited? And the Chinese uh, tourist uh, uh, filled out the questionnaire and uh, they said the nicest city, it was not Cologne, is Frankfurt am Main. Frankfurt am Main, the banking city, uh, skyscrapers, new, something quite difficult, uh, different from, 
from uh, the old city. And the most ugly city, they said, they found Rome. And a remark by many of the tourists was, when do they uh, um, uh, rebuild all these old buildings? Because all these ruins, we don't like them. So you see that it always there's also a cultural uh, difference in what people think of places. So always uh, uh, try to, to look for that. So there's not one image, one brand for a city. You always have to target it with a special group. And then um, let's play with skills, you, can, you, you could say. Plays are so far relative and always relational. And a place, be it a city, town, region, uh, street, always has different layers, you could say, different dimensions. Uh, the landscape is what you see, uh, if you see a picture of a city. Uh, the landscape is what you feel if you are there. This is also the reason why people have often a different image of the same city when, have, when they have visited it. Uh, they are often more positive about it than when they didn't visit it. And you have the soulscape, which is the city uh, that many residents know. Uh, that don't look at the same things as tourists, they look at uh, other aspects of the city because they think, um, yeah, what tourists like, we don't like as inhabitants. So, cities, places can uh, have different perspectives, but it's also important when we look from a placemaking perspective, what perspective we have. Do we have this Madonna perspective, eh, the, the big, the, the, the biggest Matryoshka doll, uh, the airplane perspective, you could say, more a helicopter perspective, which is on the district level, or more the eye level perspective that we just have when we go on the street and look for ourselves. My perspective is the eye level perspective, and I'm inspired by that by Jane Jacobs, who wrote the book The Death and Life of Great American Cities and um, Cities for People, which is a book uh, which, uh, that was written by Jan Gale in Copenhagen. You could say he is the one who is making Jane Jacobs' theory work in practice in Europe. And to summarize, and I already heard from everyone that you know uh, uh, Jane Jacobs and Jan Gale, to give a short summary, Jacobs says uh, cities are in the first place about people, and uh, then building stone streets. So start with people and uh, see the city as a place, as a kind of organism uh, and a theater where people uh, uh, behave. And she said, make sure that the buildings you build, the streets you make, are made for these people and that there is mixed use. Uh, that you have a street, for example, that has restaurants, shops, uh, but also uh, residential areas uh, also uh, a, a, a restaurant, also um, business locations, because then you will see that at every time of the day there is something happening there, and this vitality is important for cities. And she's also the one who said, make use of old buildings, because in old buildings new ideas might uh, emerge, arise. And we can see here in Woods, of course, many examples of that this, is in this, that this indeed is true. But she wrote in the 60s, uh, young Gail wrote, in, uh, uh, wrote uh, later on and for today, and he is uh, an architect who is married with a psychologist. And uh, his wife said, you, architect, you are an architect, but architects don't 
have a good uh, idea of how people behave. So he talked with his wife a lot and then he got persuaded to uh, give more attention to how people behave in public space. And that is what he does with his team. He is um, uh, he's, he's counting the behavior of people in public space. He's making photographs. He's, he's, he's watching how people behave when it is raining or when the sun shines. So it is a very pragmatic method. And um, his main conclusion is people, place uses are very predictable. We know what people like uh, in a public place and what people don't like, what they dislike. Um, and of course there might be cultural differences, but in the end uh, we can have some rules, some principles, uh, which can be useful for placemaking. And one of the things he find out is that people hate cars. Not for transport, but uh, to look at them, uh, to be the uh, cars that are around when you have, when you're outside. And uh, he is also the reason that uh, Copenhagen at the moment uh, is a psycho-friendly city, uh, a pedestrian-friendly city. Uh, um, it used to be a, a city with a lot of cars, also in, a, in the main street, but now it has been given to the pedestrians and cyclists. And this had made Copenhagen into a weekend destination. Eh? Twenty years ago, ma many people would say, Copenhagen, I'm not going on holiday there, it's a boring city. But today it is a city that is vibrant. And he had a part in it. And Copenhagenization is the principle he worked uh, with. And uh, what many planners today say, Copenhagenization, is to make your city more friendly for cyclists and uh, pedestrians. And here you see what, for example, he did. Uh, this is uh, Newhaven, hey, the, the, the new harbor. Hey, you see many cars in the 60s. Now people are walking there, sitting there, and enjoying the sun. Uh, cycling uh, is very important in Copenhagen. You have, for example, also traffic lights that go on green. Um, um, earlier than for cars, eh? the, 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 the cyclists, they have a priority and they even play with cyclists in the new, uh, uh, new harbour development. So you see here the Sikkelslangen, which is a landmark, uh, a, a very nice bicycle path, which is really inviting people to take the uh, bike to their work instead of taking their car. They leave it at home. And Gail is, uh, has the same perspective as Jacobs. He said, let us start with life, people, then look at space, and then look at the buildings uh, to, uh, to, to, to align uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, life with uh, uh, humans, with um, the city. Of course, it's very easily said, eh, because we often have to deal with a city that's already there, but we can use elements from this to make nicer places with placemaking. And you might say, why is this important today? Eh? We, we can uh, just stay at home, we have our, uh, we have our uh, um, uh, iPhone, we can just uh, order everything, we just stay at home, we feel at ease and we let everything come. Why should we go to the city centre? Gail says, and Jacobs also, um, it is important today this is a reason uh, more to pay uh, attention to how cities uh, look like. Uh, 
because uh, people could stay at home, so they should have a real extra trigger to come to the city center. Uh, and this trigger can be um, for passive activities, for active activities that they shop, that they go for sports, that they, they, that they uh, walk there, but also passive social activities that they go there because they want to see other people. Uh, perhaps you know it, uh, one of the favorite hobbies of people is in the summer to sit on a terrace and to watch to other people. That is, uh, uh, that's our passive social activities. So he says, today it is more important than ever to make attractive cities, city centers, because otherwise people stay at home and you will leave uh, uh, an empty heart in the city. That's not a good idea. And um, for finding out how people, what people like of cities, it might be useful to have the perspective uh, of a visitor. Uh, of how you visit a place uh, first time that you don't know, then you are not, uh, then you don't have prejudices, then you are more or less, your mind is clean and you really are uh, honest about uh, what you think of the city. And uh, that is also what we do as a visitor, eh? as, a, as a tourist. We first decide to go to a certain place, then we book if we stay over, but let's uh, think we just go for one day. Then we travel and arrive, then we visit and experience the city, and then we, we remember what we saw and tell about to others. These steps are all moments of truth, you could say. When the city underperforms in one of these uh, steps, then it has to do extra effort in another step to persuade the visitor that it is right that he chose for the city. So you could also say, these are steps where, city, um, where the city should, should check whether it is hospitable, welcoming for visitors or not. And the goal of this is the placemaking goal, making people feel at ease, at ease in a place. And let us look at these different uh, steps and uh, look what you could do on, to attract more people and to make the people feel at ease in this uh, place. The first is why do we decide to visit a certain city? Um, and it might surprise you, but um, very important in this is that we have seen a picture before of a city. People are not tempted to go to a city from which they didn't have, from, from which they haven't seen a picture before. Otherwise, we cannot explain why people go uh, in millions to Pisa to look for this, 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 uh, this uh, tower, um, with a declining tower. And if you really want to see a tower which is even more, uh, um, less uh, straight, then you should go to Germany, to this place, Suhusen, which is declining more, if you see. But not many people go there, because they haven't seen it before. They go to Pisa because they have seen a picture before Pisa and they want to make the same picture. From research, we have uh, research found out that most pictures of landmarks have been made of landmarks that have been pictured already the most. So that is the um, uh, uh, Statue of Liberty in, in, in New York, um, Tower of Pisa, Eiffel Tower, very important to 
to, to have a landmark as a city. You could say the, the Pisa effect, the importance of icons. And they look as a tourist to, to, to check if it is really true, if it is really there, and to make an own picture. But what do you as a city uh, put on a picture? For that, Kevin Lynch, uh, a planner, gives useful tools and he said you could, uh, if you ask people what do you think of a city, they always come up with a kind of list uh, of uh, elements uh, that, uh, uh, that are in mental maps of, in, in a mental map of, uh, of a person. And the first one is, uh, is a route, uh, a very long trajectory that ma many people know in a city. Think of Kretrovska Street. An edge is also important, eh? a place where water and city come together, or green and a city. Parks, for example, are very important, because it is an edge where you have nature, which is non-urban, and an ur urban area. This is what the eyes like. It is surprising, people like it, and an edge is also important. This is also the reason why many harbour cities have now uh, um, uh, revitalize their, uh, uh, um, their, their harbors to make uh, it into leisure areas. Then, and this is also for, uh, especially also for outside, uh, outsiders uh, to the city, the first experience of a city for many people that come with public transport is the station. This is the reason why it's so important that Wuj uh, Fabriksna will become a very uh, yeah, vibrant station, I think. Eh? At the moment it is a little bit uh, empty, quiet, but in the future it will become, uh, I'm sure, much more vibrant. Because it is the heart of the city, uh, the first yeah, uh, uh, um, impression for many visitors. Districts are important uh, in a city, eh? people might know it from a certain perspective. And of course landmarks, eh? uh, something that people know and that, are, that is Instagrammable, you could say. And that, that's the whole idea, uh, how Instagrammable is a place. Not like, and and to, to, to be honest, uh, we always think of landmarks that they are very, very big, but it, it does not have to be the case. Um, think of uh, Little Mermaid in Copenhagen, she's only one meter and 25 centimeters. Uh, a landmark can also be small and as a kind of um, Competition, Helsingør, it is a, a small town uh, not far from Copenhagen, has now the little uh, merman, this is uh, a, a new uh, piece of art, uh, just, yeah, of course, as a joke to Copenhagen, but perhaps you haven't seen it before, which is no wonder, because we haven't seen a picture of it before. So, uh, they are trying to become uh, imaginable, Instagrammable as, uh, as well. Um, we can, for the experience of a city, we can learn a lot from IKEA. Uh, those who have been to IKEA before know that you have to go through the whole shop before you may drink a coffee or have an ice cream. Uh, this is done deliberately because the managers of IKEA know that uh, then they can uh, see everything and they might uh, buy more. Um, which is of course good for the, for, the, for the place. But you could have this experience rating also in your own street or own city, that you look what is not going well in the area, which is horrible or bad, which is going, uh, um, uh, what is going uh, well, 
and then uh, give some marks, grades, and then you immediately have a kind of uh, list where you could start to make the place nicer or more, uh, uh, more yeah, um, uh, attractive. This is a very important one, peak end. Uh, that is also the reason in IKEA that you have this, uh, yeah, that you have the ice cream shop uh, at the end of the uh, of the shop. Because from psychological research, we know that in experiencing a place um, or a holiday or a time, people um, will remember the the, the most, yeah impressive thing they met during uh, their visit, but also the end. If you, are, if you want to run a hotel, for example, it's always a good idea to let people pay at the start when they come in, because otherwise you will have that people have, a nice, have had a nice holiday, and then as a dissatisfier at the end of the holiday, they have to go to the hotel and pay a very big uh, uh, bill. That is what they will remember. So you can better say, pay at the beginning, and at the end you have a nice uh, breakfast buffet, and people will remember that, and they will tell you have to go to that hotel. So the peak end rule is, uh, is, is very important in this. Uh, and you could also have it uh, in, in cities, of course, not so easy as in IKEA's, but this is an important uh, idea. We also see toilet, eh? we, come, we will talk about it later on. Toilet is very important, public toilet is also an issue that uh, comes up uh, often when we talk about attractive places. So here I have a question for you, just to find out what you think is a nice attractive place to stay longer and to have some, to, 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 to spend some, uh, some time with your friends, for example, and drink a coffee. Who is going uh, for this place? No one. Who's going for this place? A yeah, few people, three people like the, I guess, the trees. Yeah? Who's going for this one? And who's going for this one? Oh, that's... I had expected that more people would go for this one. Uh, according to the theory, we, uh, you should find this place the nicest, then this place, then this place, and then this place. Uh, the reason for this is uh, quite simple. Um, many people, and also people that have come to a factory outlet center, will, uh, will see some similarities. People like this because it is made in a time that we didn't have those big computer models and, and, and maquettes about how to build a place. It is built on a human measure. We like the variation in the streetscape. Implicitly, we think, what will be, be behind this tower? And there's a surprise, mystery in it. And people like the color, the mystery, and the imperfectness of it. It is a very human place. This is, of course, also nice. It is in the shopping mall, but this is empty, as you can see. Yeah, it is, it is not so nice as this place. And this, of course, the green. Green is always good. People like green because uh, we were, to, we, we used to be, uh, uh, when we, our ancestors used to be live in the countryside, which is also something in our evolutionary mind that we like a lot. And again, the cars we don't like. Uh, they're they are handy, but they're not nice to look at. 
And this is the pedestrian perspective of Jan Gill, and he says uh, what people like from a city, from a place, is not only um, the architecture, but often also the acupuncture. And so the small things, and so the, the colors, the, 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 the benches, the, 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 the details. People first, then place and buildings. And also that we can sit somewhere, uh, that we can uh, uh, throw away our garbage, uh, that it's a place that is sociable, that it's linked with other parts of the city. So starting with the human measure means that you start with green water, places to rest, inviting places for cycling and walking. And what you often see now, we'll see more and more, I'm, I'm, I think in the future, is that people will be seduced a little bit to perform certain behavior. This is called nudging. Um, for example, uh, you see uh, in uh, cities that want to become more sustainable that they try to let people throw away their garbage more than nowadays. Hey? Otherwise they throw it on the, on, 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 on the streets. But from research they found out in Copenhagen that these green footsteps work. Um, because what they did is that they just uh, put them on the street and after one day, they could see that people would throw away more in the garbage can than they would without these footsteps. So apparently, people think, oh, that, that there is something, I got, oh, I can, I can throw in something. This is nudging. And we will see nudging much more in uh, the public space in the future, I'm, uh, I, I think. And what you can also see here, of course, is that to do this research, you, yeah, yeah, you can stay in your office, you can stay in the library, but you have to go on the street yourself. You don't have... Uh, uh, workshops don't work as well, because you, can, you have to be there. A workshop is better, that you go on and walk and look for yourself. To have walking interviews, eh, that you ask people, can you walk with me and can you tell me what is a nice place, what is not so nice place, what can we improve? And this is also called naturalistic research. Eh, very. Uh, uh, yeah, nature, human, yeah, human measure way of doing research instead of modeling things. And here's some things that might uh, come up when you go on the street, and that I'm sure you know it also uh, when you see them. An important and very interesting thing to see is the designer path, which is also called the elephant path, because elephants take uh, the shortest route from A to B, into tea uh, um, uh, um, areas, for example. Um, and uh, we often see that people do the same. They think, why should I take this place? I can better go this way, it's shorter. And you see that after a moment, you will see an elephant path. I have seen here several also in Wuch. The library, there's a nice one. Hey, you have to cross the street there at some point, and then you see that there is in uh, there, 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 there is some space left by footsteps, uh, by people taking that, although officially they, say they, they should go further and then at the entrance of the library enter. But the user experience is different. Another thing is um, little free libraries eh, with, with books that people can, uh, can, can put their books there at and you can put a book out yourself. Yeah, is it useful? Well, yeah, it is a very small thing, but it's nice, it's colorful, it is uh, something that gives some 
color to an area. In the Netherlands, every larger station has a public piano in the train station, uh, which says Bespeel me, play me. And um, it's even the case at the Netherlands at the moment, uh, people are taking piano lessons uh, uh, because they want to perform in public uh, for uh, uh, travelers. Uh, uh, it is a kind of performing, performative act. Uh, and it gives some uh, sound, a nice sound in the station and makes people feel uh, uh, at ease. And sometimes there are even very good, good players uh, there. So they have, an, they have an, uh, uh, a stage, the station as a stage, you could say. And uh, also with nudging, we see uh, this is uh, um, uh, in the Netherlands, we have to uh, separate uh, garbage. But many people say, ah, I don't want to do that. And I just leave all my garbage next to this garbage can. But then they found out that when you have this artificial grass, uh, little gardens around uh, the garbage cans, people will not leave their garbage there anymore because Implicitly, they think, ah, let's not do that. Unconsciously, that's not nice. So it is cleaner, better uh, in the area than before. And then the public toilets. Um, we often think, ah, if we have a public toilet, uh, complaints by elderly people uh, about we cannot uh, go to the toilet in the city center has been solved. But smart does not always need to be difficult because this is uh, this costs a lot of money eh? this this is thousands of euros and we see from practice i did research on it myself that uh, people hardly use it eh? um, because you have to put some money in it and uh, then you are in and you can use it but many people don't trust it they think it might be dirty and is it, can, I, can I come out? Eh? There, are, there are no windows. Eh? Uh, pe don't, people don't know uh, that I'm in. So we see, for example, that in a small town, um, it cost, uh, I, I did research, uh, it costs 30,000 euros every year to have such a public toilet with cleaning and, uh, and, and, and renting. And only 200 people were making use of it. Every toilet visit was costing 150 euros. So this was, of course, a lot of money. You can better, like they did in Germany, they do in Germany, uh, have the net toilette. That's a sticker you can put on a wall, uh, on, on the window, in a cafe, and say, you are welcome to come in and uh, go to the toilet. Interestingly, what you see is that people that do that often feel morally a little bit obliged to also have a consumption there. So in the end, uh, the, um, they, they have this, the cafe owners uh, earn money from offering their public toilets to uh, uh, the public. So um, this is also uh, at eye level. Think of it in a very simple way. Um, and then about remembering. I already talked about the peak end rule. Uh, people will remember at the end uh, from their visit what they, what they saw. Think also of parking meters, eh, that you have to spend a lot of money to, for, for parking. You can better do it at the start uh, instead of at the end, because well, people will know it and talk about it. A good thing is, of course, also to think of, of stories you tell about your visit. Something you, you find unexpected, nice, surprising, 
And that is what makes uh, a city nice. You might know, for example, Gouda, a Dutch place from the Gouda cheese. You can buy it everywhere. Um, but the strange thing is, Gouda, uh, the Dutch city, if you come there, you will see nothing from the cheese. Everyone knows that we are a cheese city. Why should we bother them with that? But now, after years of protest by people, protest by tourists, we, are, we come to Gouda to see the Gouda, the cheese. We didn't see. They have now a building uh, with some color and it looks like a cheese and they have the cheese museum and so on. This is placemaking in a very simple way. And it says, this is Dutch, the whole world knows Gouda cheese, but the city doesn't do little, doesn't do uh, little with it. So this is storytelling and uh, to make your story, your concept real, uh, visible, uh, to make it your concept concrete. And um, there are a few uh, elements you can use for good stories. Uh, in Made to Stick you can find the principles, the success principles. It's about it must be simple, it must be unexpected, concrete, credible, emotional and stories. You can yeah, it is, it is something uh, like, like the cheese story that is uh, important. You often see it also with European cultural capitals. Uh, we had in the Netherlands Leeuwarden cultural capital last year. Um, and cultural capital can be about anything, high culture, a building, an event. But if you ask people, what do you know from, in the Netherlands, from Leeuwarden cultural capital, they all say, oh, it was about those uh, giant uh, uh, puppets. They were crossing through the streets. Uh, it, was, it was for kids very nice. It was, uh, I should have had a picture of it. Um, and this is something unexpected, real, concrete. And this is what people talk about after, uh, whereas there were also many other events. So it's about, if you want to, 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 to make your storytelling selling, it should be a short, simple, powerful, and you should frame it also for the target group that you are looking at. And here are a few examples of uh, storytelling and placemaking. Um, think of uh, the Roman times. Roman uh, times are always fascinating. Eh? People like the Roman history. But how to make it visible if there is not really something left? In Newcastle at Wall's End, eh, where Hadrian's Wall is, they said, um, let us make uh, some reference to the Romans by having some Latin on the platform. So they have platform one, Segustus Unus, and no smoking, no fumare. Yeah, the historians say, ah, this, it's, it's, it is fake. But at the same time, uh, you are reminded of the Roman heritage of this place. A bunker museum, is that really interesting? Boring. But not if you ask an artist, to make something nice with it. So now it is Instagrammable. Um, castles in Scotland, you can, there are many to visit, but yeah, which to choose? One of the owners of a castle said uh, it is too expensive uh, to, to, to renovate it and so on. So what he did, he asked a group of Brazilian uh, graffiti painters and uh, the first part of uh, the castle has been painted. And now it is uh, in Lonely Planet, it's everywhere a place that you should visit. Although, of course, many people are against it. They say you cannot just uh, uh, um, 
paint a castle of that. But also think of things you can do in, 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 in streets, like in, in, in Porto, in uh, Portugal. The pavement. Pavement is more important than we often think, because we look at it when we walk there, and it is also kind of uh, uh, street art, you could say. And ideally, with this placemaking, you make connections with the grand social challenges, social challenges of climate change, of uh, immigration, of um, yeah, the, the energy. And what you often see now, also in the Netherlands, is that when cities say we want to revitalize our inner city, let us at the same time bring some green or water in it. For example, a neighboring town where I live, Amlo does brings water back in the city center, not only because people like to watch uh, uh, and, and sit next to water, but also it's good because it cools down the city in, um, in, 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 in uh, heat uh, summers. In Duisburg, in Germany, uh, they have a, uh, there, there is a neighborhood with 60% uh, people uh, um, that um, come from Turkey. There is a um, wedding cluster, you could say. Yeah? They can wedding dresses, there are 40 uh, uh, shops where you can buy wedding dresses. Who European Turkey does the wedding, uh, 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 buys their wedding dresses there. And instead of saying, oh, that is uh, uh, an, an area of immigrants, they say, let us make use of this. It is organically started, and now they have the Brautmeile, the wedding mile, Duisburg, which is a tourist attraction at the moment. Um, you can also bring some green uh, on the roofs or in parks, pop-up parks, in between planning, just in the meantime. It's good, it's, people like it, but it's also good in terms of climate change. And of course I cannot look in the future, but I think in the future um, we will see much, much more of this green and uh, 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 things in, uh, in our environment. I think smart, uh, smart cities, we talk about a lot of course, sustainable cities, will become the new normal. Now you see that cities are promoting it as something new, that they want to be unique with it. But at the same time, we think, uh, I think it will be the new normal in cities. And what is more important is that we look for whom do we do it? Because smart, sustainable, will be regular, eh? climate-friendly solutions, energy transition, public green, but the, um, the uh, so uh, society is changing a little bit. Eh? The um, stable society and also Woods eh, as a shrinking uh, a city, like many places in, in, in Western Europe, eh? uh, many elderly people, we should take care that we also look at the good uh, um, target groups in the city and not just uh, always think of only for young people or only for middle-aged people, also for elder people, it's very important to make a city that is attractive and where people feel at ease. Because human and, and human uh, basic needs are not really changing, eh? this is Maslow's pyramid. Of course, since recently, uh, we also need Wi-Fi and battery. Yeah, energy will become more and more important. Um, but with this in mind, uh, I think uh, green uh, will be an important uh, uh, thing for, uh, for cities. 
And also because the online world is getting more and more important, uh, people look in smartphones, um, they can stay at home because you can order everything. The question in the future is, where do people come together? Uh, do they, where do they uh, meet? Where do they have a coffee with each other? Uh, that, uh, and therefore you see that uh, now a lot of interest, attention, also among, uh, um, um, among non-planners is in these third places. Third places are places that are not your home, not your work, the second place, but something in between. And very interestingly, at one of the uh, biggest technology conferences uh, this, um, this year, they had invited uh, architects to say, how do we make those places? Because in an online world, it is still matters where you are and that you come together. And these third places provide spaces where people come to be in a surroundings where there are also other people. And they don't always have to interact with each other. They feel yeah, at ease by being alone together. Like you are in a library, if you see people studying, you are tempted to study yourself as well. This is uh, a third place and uh, this uh, here some some principles do you can uh, you, you you can uh, use to to make them often it can be a coffee shop it can be uh, a place to, a coffee bar a place for conversation uh, where everyone is welcome but it can of course also be in the summer in a park a place where you can just sit down and you see people, some are picnicking, others are just eating, another one is reading a book. This is what people normally like and the parks here in the city, I guess, are very important for that as well. And I, uh, I just saw that you have even Wi-Fi in the park here next to the library. This is, you could, I guess, uh, placemaking in, uh, in, in, a, in a modern vein. Um, so, with this, I want to end my, my lecture. I think with placemaking, we always tend to focus on the small things, little interventions, eh, the benches, the, the flowers, and, and, and the small things. But at the same time, the challenge is to link it with the big social challenges, like climate change, like uh, immigration, like uh, um, yeah, the needs of people. And so placemaking is thinking big, starting small, and I guess then we are able to make places that people feel at ease, at ease, not only now, but also in the future. Thank you very much.